Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are talking about Dune, not the one from Denis Villeneuve, unfortunately. We are talking about the one from David Lynch or Alan Smithy, depending on when uh, you saw this movie. Uh, but before we get any further, we're going to go ahead and get this thing going. It's Dylan. <laughs> and I'm Michael. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, Ron is not here with us. He had a some something come up and he's not able to be on the show tonight unfortunately so uh we miss you ron and we will see you soon i'm sure next week um but we are going on proceeding without him and watching uh the 1984 classic uh dune <laughs> um so we'll talk about that here in a little bit but, but before we're, before we go any further we got to make sure that we remember our pickle of the week yes look at that perfect perfect so what what was messing it up yeah i mean we're, we're all making hand gestures on the video but you can't see <laughs> uh my pickle of the week is actually a game i am pick surprise surprise i'm picking alice is missing it is a silent role-playing game it's twenty dollars it's a good deal um basically it's just a bunch of cards that it comes with um and the rules uh, and it, how does a silent role-playing game work, you ask? A silent role-playing game is played in person, ideally. Um, but they also realize that this year is what it is. And they've released free Discord templates and Roll20 templates so that you can play it on the computer. But you're supposed to play it um, over text messaging. Uh, so you would like change Dylan's name in your phone. If you're playing, Dylan and I are playing, and Dylan is playing as Charlie Barnes, I will change Dylan's contact name to Charlie Barnes, and we do it this way. And, the, and it is a 90-minute game where you are all texting. You're all teenagers in this town called Silent Falls. And all of you know Alice. And Alice is missing. Uh, and it is, like I said, exactly 90 minutes. And, the, and then on every 10-minute marker, a card comes up with a story advancement. And it goes to one character each time. And it'll say, like, draw a suspect card. You remember that you saw Alice with this person a week ago. You know, and some weird motive or stuff, stuff like that. So it's all about, like solving the mystery together and it is replayable it's not just i've had i i uh, was talking to a bunch of people about it uh, the past couple of days uh it is not like you play through it once and then you're done there there are many 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 ways that it can end up um so it's not just a one and done it's really good it looks really fun i saw it blown up on tiktok so that's how you know it's a good game oh yeah yeah, Remember saying that TikTok. TikTok about it? I was like, oh, I, I want to play this game. And you're like, I told you about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we, I, I do plan on playing it uh, probably over Discord. Um, well, obviously over Discord. Like, I'm not going to be running anything in person. Um, but anyway, that's my pickle of the week. Alice is Missing. Available at all Bedrock City locations. I am picking a graphic novel. Um, it's a really light comic week because it's the holiday, you know, day before, day before Christmas. Um, right. But this one is an omnibus, so I'm not sure if all the stories are getting it. Um, it's called Marvel Cosmic Universe by Donny Cates. Ooh. And it, yeah, it's uh, it's $100. It's a really big hardcover. It has his Thanos run, Death of Inhumans, Cosmic Ghost Rider, Silver Surfer Black, and a couple other you know one-shots and stuff. But it's like all his cosmic, the stuff that basically put him on the map at Marvel, you know? Uh-huh. Remember when he took over Thanos and everyone like, oh, it's good, but it was in the middle of the run? It picks up there at Thanos number 13. But wow. okay. it, all, it all ties together pretty well, and I think it'll make a nice, like, cohesive read, you know? Okay. But that's what I'm picking. I think I'm going to pick that up if we if we get it. That's awesome. 
I th- I think I think we're getting it. It'd be a good out. gift, a last minute Christmas gift. Absolutely, because it's brand new. So whatever comic fan you know doesn't already have it, you know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this is the part of the show where we'd like to remind everyone to please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It really helps us out and it helps new people to find the show. It will also help us achieve our 2020 goal of getting Rotten Tomatoes verified. Once we hit 200 reviews, we will start affecting the rankings of the films that we review. So do us a favor and go do it already. Uh, and if you're unfamiliar, the reason my inflection on films there is we have uh, three rankings of what a movie is. It's either a film. Is top is the top? Well, wait. Was it flick? Is the bottom tier? Flick, yeah. film, and then Kino. Is that what we're going? With? I thought it was flick movie oh, film. All right, and then a select few are Kino. True. Kino. Yeah, that's that's a a whole other bracket. That's the Snyder cut, and you know that's true Kino. Three hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Three. So- <laughs> Sucker it? punch. Uh, Dawn of the Dead. Um. Anyway, uh, let's talk about our events. Um. Thank you everybody for coming out to paint night. Uh, this past week, I wish I had it here so I could show it off to Dylan. I did a cyberpunk Santa Claus uh, with a candy cane silencer on his gun. Uh, it's pretty fun. Uh, thank you, everybody, for coming out. Uh, they're a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, paint night again next month. I'm not going to fully pitch all the events because it's a month away. But my dates for January, we have Keyforge on the 8th and Keyforge on the 15th. And we have paint night on the 30th. Um, that is all my events and those are all held virtually. I go to this paint night. Yes. I'm going to do it. You doing no signings. Um yeah. Um I have a Facebook live this this today, you know, this tonight. Today. Um and every yeah. tonight. This one. Yeah, every every <laughs> well every Wednesday. Right. This is a holiday themed episode. Wow. Um, we we have a bunch of, you know, Christmas and holiday themed comics that we pulled and set aside and this is another one where it's not like for the high rollers you know there there's some high dollar key issues but it's it's like a lot of cool you know twenty cool dollar and under right comics yeah nice um a lot of modern some cool affordable silver age stuff like that okay and that is at bedrockcity.com slash live tonight at 7 p.m awesome um and that's it that's all that's all we've got for events coming up um, we'll have a grand opening for the Katie store sometime. I'm working on it, um, but it's got to be open first, you know, um, before we can announce anything. But Katie's coming along nicely. I keep seeing right. progress photos from Ron, and it looks really good. You know, they have really nice fixtures and stuff. I'm, I'm kind of jealous because I printed their new signs for the, you know, like the ones that hang from the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, and they're really nice, and their their fixtures are really nice, and I'm like. Dang, like, should we just, should we have just like traded out the old Galleria area signs and given them to Katie and then put the new, nice new ones up at Galleria? But I'm not going to do Ron. I'm not going to do Ron like that. Right. Yeah. I saw the, I saw some of the pictures too. I was like, man, I need, I need some of that stuff. Um, I think, I think it's time to get the, uh, the new stores a fresh coat of paint, get these new, uh, get these new signs everywhere. Unless it, unless it's cost prohibitive, which it probably is. It's, they're very expensive. Okay. (laughs) Um, but at some point we will be doing a grand opening for the Katie store and that'll be fun. I'm going to go check it out in person the first time uh, next week, which I believe is Wednesday the 30th. I'm going to be doing my gaming drive around where I check up on all the stores. So that'll be fun. Uh, maybe you can catch me at that store. Sweet. Um, yes. Um, 
What I Done Did, our uh, favorite part of the show here where we talk about what we didn't do during pandemics. Um, What did I do this week? I watched Dune. I got a COVID test, came back negative. I'm all good. Oh, really? Why'd you go in? Uh, Exposed? Kind of. uh, Kind of exposed as a maybe. Just as a precautionary thing. So That's good. Got one of those. What kind of test did you get? The I got the nose, the poke your brain, or like the nostril one. Oh, the nostril one. It was it wasn't too bad. Yeah, I don't think they. I don't really think they do the like, feel like really deep, deep ones anymore. They've gotten better. <laughs> yeah, and they told me it was two to ten days, and I got it the next day. So I was like, okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, and I yeah, it wasn't like a rapid results thing or whatever. It was just, it just worked out. Um, cool. But what else did I do? I started watching Mandalorian finally. Um, so we'll be talking about that soon at some point. Um, I don't think I, I really don't think I did anything else. I mean, it's been so busy at work. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, haven't been do- I haven't done anything exciting. Yeah, same. I've just been watching stuff. And I watched a lot of Christmas movies, um, trying to get them wrapped up. Um, I watched The Stand the cbs oh you know the first episode's out it was really good i, I, I haven't watched it. it yet i'm intrigued it's not what i thought it was i didn't know there was any kind of like supernatural element to it oh okay i thought it was just a <laughs> like a virus and that okay. was it yeah yeah um so i was like whoa there's a uh, things happening it's very it, it's very much you figure it out as you go i think okay you know unless you've you're familiar with the source material of course, you'll know everything, but I'm—I have no idea what's going on at this point. Um, I watched a Netflix show; it was trending number one for a long time, so I was like, oh, "I'll watch it." And it was called "Tiny Pretty Things." It was okay. uh it was it was pretty garbage. It was—it's <laughs> like Riverdale meets Euphoria, I would say, but it's ballerinas. Oh, it's like a ballerina school, but there's a murder. One of them's uh-huh. murdered. And we don't know who did it or why, but we figured out by the end, you know? Wow. Um, that sounds something. There's very nice dancing in it because I looked it up after. and like, The acting was pretty bad, you know? A little cringe. Okay. And I looked it up and I was like, these are real ballerinas, right? And then I was right. Like, they just got actual dancers maybe who aren't necessarily actors you know oh okay sure so that's there's none of the awkward like oh that's a body double when they're doing the dancing you know so it's impressive on that front but it was a it was very soapy it's not everyone's cup of tea okay um if you like euphoria or something you might like it um and then i watched dune i think that's pretty much all i did sorry i don't have anything um if you're looking for a christmas movie to watch and Dylan, you have Amazon Prime. Um, I do. I, I I got a recommendation for you. It's from 1989. It's got many names, but the name it on Amazon Prime is Deadly Games. I I own it on 4K as from Vinegar Syndrome as Dial Code Santa Claus. It's a French movie, which came out a year before Home Alone, but is very similar to Home Alone. It's about uh, Santa Santa or yeah, Santa breaks in or goes down the chimney, uh, right? And then uh, kills this kid's dog. It's like John Wick, too. Uh, cool. And then the kid and the kid's friends get revenge on Santa by setting all these elaborate traps and they try to, you know, kill Santa. 
That sounds kind of fun. It's great. It's it's. I mean, it's terrible, but it's great. But it came out a year before Home Alone, uh, and the director um, threatened legal action a couple of times for them uh, ripping off his movie. Um, womp womp. Yeah, but it is available on Amazon Prime. I highly recommend uh, if you want a good off the beaten path holiday movie. Yeah, but, that sounds uh, interesting. Yeah, that's fun. I like I like those kind of holiday movies. Like I'm not really into the uh, Hallmark Channel type, you know. Have you seen uh, Krampus, the one that came out a few years ago with Tony? Collette? It looks so bad. It's it's bad, but it's good. You know what Is I mean? Is it? Yeah, I like it. You'd you'd enjoy it for sure. Okay. okay. It's stupid. Well, I mean, that's all I need. Yeah. I mean, I don't I, I don't need I don't need much out of a movie. Um, I mean, what's uh, there's no like smart christmas horror movies i feel like you know um no i don't i there's there's a bunch you ever see silent night deadly night that's a good one uh <laughs> no. there's five of those um silent night deadly night think... is famous because um the poster has it they got sued uh by a parental group in the 80s when it came out for having the poster be too scary because it was a it was like a uh, a roof, a rooftop with a Santa glove with an axe coming out of the top of it, and they said it was going to scare children too much. I oh, believe, I see. I believe they did have to change the poster. Interesting. Um, I guess that was a little traumatizing. I guess for children, I mean, but I mean, but you got to think this is the eighties. There's no internet. Like kids aren't getting scared by creepy pastas and slendermans mm-hmm. and whatever. Um, but uh, what were you going to say, Dylan, about uh, Christmas movies? Oh, I think that. I'm, I was trying to think of Christmas horror movies to watch, and I think that that Black Christmas remake. Ugh. I still think it's pretty passable. I I, I liked it. I thought it was it's fun. so it was bad. A on the nose with the metaphors. Right. I liked. It's enjoyable. It's like Blumhouse candy, like fast food. You know. Sure. Oh, is it Blumhouse? It's. it's yeah, it's okay. very heavy-handed with the metaphors, but I liked that movie. It was it was really dumb too. I like a good dumb horror movie. You know. Oh, me too. But the original is not dumb. Uh, you know what? I think the original Black Christmas is not is is pretty smart. It's is it? Okay. I mean, it's not like oh, it's not like Tenet or something, uh, or like a Christopher Nolan movie. Uh, it's uh, it's directed by Rob, uh, Bob Clark, who did a Christmas Story. So he did two Christmas movies that are vastly different. Um, but Black Christmas is pretty good. Uh, the first one. Um, I mean the remake's fine I guess it's 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 a typical mid 2000s horror remake right like it it's not memorable really in any way so um there is there's one I really like called Better Watch Out Better Watch Out that huh. has a very similar poster to um the remake for uh Black Christmas I feel like I feel like it's the same vibes yeah but this one's better it's I don't want to give it away it's about a a babysitter and her, the person she's babysitting takes her hostage. And there's a big twist in it, but I remember okay. really liking it. You can watch it free on Tubi. Oh, <laughs> I love Crackle Tubi. And Voodoo. I'm looking wow. at the places you can watch it. So it's free. It's free several places you can watch it. But Tubi's great. Tubi's got quality movie. Tubi's got some really top tier content. Uh, I think I talked referenced it not that long ago, but uh, I checked out uh, BMX Bandits on there. That's uh, Nicole Kidman. I still want to watch that. Uh, early in her career. Uh, so it's, it's something else. Okay, this one has a 89%. I'm not crazy. On what Rotten does? Tomatoes. Uh, better watch out. 
Oh, oh, that one's yeah. It has been popping up a lot on on my corner of the internet where I'm getting recommended horror movies all the time. But let's talk about the news. Uh, we got the Mortal Kombat reboot simultaneous theatrical and HBO Max release date. First poster revealed. Um, I mean, this isn't really surprising as all the other Warner stuff is doing this. Um, but following uh, their announcement that Warner's sending their entire 21 movie, uh, 2021 movie slate to HBO Max, same day that they hit theaters, studio has pushed back the Mortal Kombat reboot three months from January to April 16th. Um, producer Todd Garner took to Twitter to confirm the simultaneous and the- theatrical HBO Max release, adding that we won't be seeing a trailer until the new year. We do have a promo fo- for, uh, we do have a f- uh, promo poster, however, featuring the f- official title treatment and a redesigned take on the video game's classic dragon logo. Uh, it looks like a Mortal Kombat poster, you know, like it does. It it's it is what it is. Um, is who's hyped for this? I mean. I don't know how I, I'm going to wait till I see a a trailer trailer, but I really like the games and I feel like there's a potential for like a super fun movie, you know, like if you lean into the, like if you do the fast and the furious, um, like philosophy and lean into how stupid it is and like, it's got like some cool music and just make it really ridiculous. I think it could be like over the top violent as well. Like, yeah, I haven't seen the old movies. Yeah, but that one I feel like took itself a little seriously. I don't know. Oh, it definitely did. I want it to th- know it's stupid. Like, so you haven't like seen the, the late Fast and Furious movies. You haven't seen the older Mortal Kombat movies? No, but I heard they're not good. So They're not. They're definitely not. I, I think I probably would only enjoy them because I watched them as a kid. And you know. Are they over-the-top violent or no? No, probably I, not, think, right? I think they're PG or PG-13. They're not that violent. That doesn't um, make any sense. I might be making that up. I don't really remember. If someone's spine doesn't get ripped out in this one, then yeah, the why point? am I watching this? Um, Star Lord is now bisexual in Guardian in the Guardians of the Galaxy comics. Will the MCU follow suit? Uh, Peter Quill, aka Star Lord, has been reinvented as a bisexual character in the Mar- Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy comic series. The big reveal came to light in Guardians of the Galaxy number nine by Al Ewing, uh, which shows Quill entering into a poly relationship with two humanoid beings as a female named Aradia and a male named Moors uh, after spending over a decade trapped with them on a planet called Morinus. Uh, now the big question is, will the MCU character follow sl- suit with Chris Pratt's take on Star-Lord? Um, I don't see no. why not. Oh, you don't think so? They could, but it's Chris Pratt. I think this is like really funny i don't know this is just like a very 2020 headline because he's like you know famously right. homophobic I, right <laughs> oh is he is he famously homophobic i knew he was famously like yeah I, yeah I, he I, goes to that he goes to that church that's like into conversion therapy and stuff like that and oh that's too bad celebrities have called him out you know like like elliot page and stuff like that and he oh. he gets very defensive on twitter about it like oh. to the point where you're like what are you hiding you know right <laughs> Um, but it's, it's can no we have different out. opinions, Dylan? Yeah, can't we just meet on on the other side of the aisle? I don't know. But <laughs> it's just funny, like of all the characters. I wonder if Al Ewing maybe did this on purpose, you know? Right. But of any MCU character, it had to be Star Lord. What? I don't remember Guardians Nine being like a speculator book. I feel like that would be like a very speculation heavy thing. Um. I guess a big a big character shift, but I don't, I don't think coming don't, out has 
like broken what, out into a, a a CGC or a a, a label on a CGC, an overstreet <laughs> designation. Uh, Star Lord is now out. bisexual. Yes. Oh, the bi issue. Got it. Got it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Loki uh, rumored to feature an appearance from Jonathan Majors' Kang the Conqueror. We recently found out that Lovecraft Country's Jonathan Majors has been cast in Ant-Man 3, now titled Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, and is believed to, pl- to be playing the powerful uh, villain Kang the Conqueror. Uh, this would mark the character's big screen debut, and we would see him show up, but could we see him show up on Disney Plus first? On the latest episode of the Post-Credit Podcast, <laughs> host and observer, you just put these references in there to like... Nope, right. it's not me. Uh, on the latest episode of the post-credit podcast, that's two plugs, boys. Um, and a <laughs> host and observer, senior editor, uh, senior entertainment reporter, Brandon Katz, revealed that he's heard from reliable sources that Kang will make an mm-hmm. appearance in the upcoming Loki series. No other details are provided, but this wouldn't actually be the first time <laughs> Kang has been rumored to be on the show. We, so we I, could be these people. So yeah, I kind of put this here because I wanted to prove that we could break headlines too by making logical conclusions because Loki's about time travel, you know? Right. It's a time variance authority, so it makes sense that they would reference King or King would show up. Sure. I think I think we could do this, you know? Like so we're gonna the post pick- credit podcast can, I think we can. So Blade. Blade is something that we know nothing about. So we could pick uh-huh. something for Blade or Fantastic Four, right? Because they announced some Fantastic Four stuff. Mm-hmm. So we gotta think I heard about- yeah. So mm. yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> Blade's gonna show up in Black Panther too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, I need a wild one. I don't know. I'm have to think about it. Blade, I think, uh, is, gonna be, Blade is also gonna be in Quantum Mania. Yeah, his is gonna be everywhere. He's gonna be the new Nick Fury. <laughs> well, well, actually, actually, well, I mean, it would make sense for him to be in Morbius, but Morbius is not. A he would kill good. Morbius. Yeah, I mean that'd be great. Just kills Jerry Leto's character. Um, Tom Cruise blasts Mission Impossible Seven crew for breaking COVID protocols in London. Tom Cruise was caught on audio tearing into a few of his Mission Impossible Seven <laughs> crew members after he caught them breaking COVID safety protocols during a portion of the shoot. The Sun released an, the expletive-filled recording um, earlier the, earlier this afternoon, where Cruise is heard saying. We want the gold standard. They're back there in Hollywood making movies right now because of us, because they believe in us, what we're doing. I'm on the phone with every effing studio at night, insurance companies, producers, and they're looking at us uh, and using us to make their movies. And we just created thousands of jobs, UMFers. Wow. Thomas mm-hmm. Cruz. It's, okay. a, it's a screaming at the top of my lungs rant. I got to hear that. That sounds amazing. It was a it was a big deal on Twitter for a couple of days. Um, Why is the picture for this the Nat Geo? <laughs> I don't think I changed it. Okay, no, that's Tom Cruise. Oh, he's okay. uh he's he's hiking. Oh, um, wow. uh, it's I have so many mixed feelings about this because number one, Tom Cruise is not cool. No, but number two, like he's yelling at people for not being for not being safe. Yeah, so like, uh, like I guess we have to side with him a little bit, you know. No, um, absolutely. I mean, people who but, are people who are problematic can still be right about things, you know. Yeah, but uh, the way he went about it, I feel like you don't need to dehumanize people like that. You know, you can be like, 
you're going to get fired if you don't wear your mask, you know? Like, I feel like right. that's as effective. He just, like, blew up. And that makes me think, like, what other times does he do that if he's doing it now? Oh, there, you know there he you does go. it all the time. Yeah, so it's like... it, And also, it was funny because after this, a bunch of pictures showed up online of him, like, out in public without a mask and stuff like that, you know, like yeah. at restaurants and and like with friends and on oh, set without his mask. It's so like you got to be really careful if you're going to blow up at people, you know, you got to have like a you, you got to keep your side of the street clean at that point. Yeah. People in glass houses, you know. Right. Um, I changed the photo there. That's yeah, it's perfect. Tom Cruise pointing an accusatory finger at who knows. Um. Former U.S. President Barack Obama credits the boys and Watchmen for helping him write his memoir. Former U.S. President Barack Obama is uh, doing the rounds to promote his new book, A Promised Land, and name some of the TV shows and music that helped get him through the writing process. Better Call Saul, because of his great characters, an examination of the dark side of the American dream, quote, um, Obama started, uh, stated when uh, asked about the book, uh, what shows he puts on when he needed a break. Quote, The Good Place. It's, it's a, a wise and sweet combination of goofy comedy and big philosophical questions. And Watchmen and the boys for how they turn superhero conventions on their head to, uh, to lay bare issues of race, capitalism, and the distorting effects of, of corporate power and mass media. Oh, and the NBA playoffs because it's hoops. <laughs> of course. Um, but I don't we're know pretty how... validated yeah. about Watchmen. I, I agreed. So, like, that's... Uh... That's a pretty big, uh, that's a ringing endorsement for the quality of, uh, of Watchmen. But it's with the boy, like the, I'm surprised that he admitted to watching the boys. Right. Cause that's like super out of, you know, perceived character. Right. Yeah. It's very, uh, you know, um, mature. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is very mature. That's a nice, I guess, I guess he can say these things now that he's not president, you know, but yeah. Right. It's kind of cool to know that Obama watches the boys. That's that's wild to me. Like I I I picture I don't picture Obama doing any of those things. No, not even Watchmen. I mean, I guess I could see it now. Cuz Watchmen transcends the superhero genre, you know, but like, I don't know. Did you ever hear that story or the interview with Ricky Gervais talking about um talking to David Bowie on the phone? Mm. Uh when he was getting David Bowie to be on his show Extras and Ricky Gervais says uh, he called, left a message. Bowie wasn't there. Bowie called him back and said, oh, sorry, mate. I was just eating a banana. And he says, and that just really broke me because, like, I can't even picture David Bowie eating a banana. I just assume, like, he sits next to food and just absorbs it like some sort of an alien. Like, I can't see David Bowie eating a a banana. Like, I can't imagine Obama sitting down and watching the boys. Yeah, same vibe. Writing. or He's always, like, writing or signing papers or... I don't know. Watching like a documentary to cool yes. down, you know? Yeah, watching some deep historical documentary. Watching um how what is that PBS thing that everybody puts over, that World War II thing? Can can something or other. Whatever. Huh. Some someone who's listening to knows what I'm talking about is very upset that I don't remember that. Um whatever. Ken Burns. Ken Burns. Uh the war. That's what I'm talking about. Um, but anyway, Spider-Man 3 is now rumored to feature Mysterio, Dane DeHaan's Green Goblin, and Hobgoblin. 
Um, only Jamie Foxx's Electro <laughs> and Alfred Molina's Dr. Octopus semi-confirmed are semi-confirmed for the threequel thanks to the trades, while reliable sources have pointed to Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield returning to their respective versions of Spidey alongside Emma Stone for Gwen Stacy and Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane Watson. Now, Fandom Wire is reporting that Jake Gyllenhaal is indeed set to return as uh, Quentin Beck slash Mysterio after first playing the villain in 2019 Spider-Man Far From Home. He's also reportedly set to join the Amazing Spider-Man 2's Dane DeHaan, who will reprise his role as Harry Osborn slash the Green Goblin. It's good. You know, we haven't had Dane DeHaan news in a while. I know. What's he been up to? Yeah. I mean, he maybe he did find the cure for wellness and he's just all right now. Uh, um, you know, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm really, I, I think it's, they know what they're doing with the Spider-Man news at this point. They're being, they're being funny. I feel like they're doing a bit by not announcing. You, I don't know. Like, wouldn't you want Willem Dafoe over Dane DeHaan? Well, maybe Dafoe said no. Do, yeah. Dafoe said no. Defoe and now they're asking. He's doing the lighthouse too. If you're inviting Dane DeHaan, you're inviting everyone. I think, right? Like, <laughs> wow, wow. Well, every spider, everyone who's ever been in a Spider-Man movie. I mean, right? He's probably the most poorly received, other than Topher Grace's Venom. He's <laughs> probably the most poorly received character in any Spider-Man movie. You know, what if Topher Grace? So, <gasps> that'd be something, wouldn't it? I'm I'm surprised Kirsten Dunst is back. I, I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't know she was still doing movies. Oh, she's doing like really good TV and stuff now. Oh, is she? Like Far- Fargo and um, she does like indie movies. She's like a, she's really highly respected now. <laughs> Not oh. that she wasn't before, but she's like a critical darling. You know what I mean? I see. It, you saw Fargo, right? Was or she no? In, I saw season one of the, the TV show. I saw yeah, season she was one. In it. Was she? I don't remember that at all. Okay. Cool. Yeah, um, just expect every Spider-Man villain to show up at this point. Or for every scooper quote to say that they're showing up until they are. Well, okay, so who can we who can we are we are we confirming here on Uncanny Universe that Topher Grace is gonna be back? I heard it from a very reliable source. Do we want to be discredited? that quickly oh i i lied i didn't hear it i just made it up um yeah <laughs> too I, late i didn't hear um it. i don't yeah. know who this, this is our one here um <laughs> i don't i don't know like I, they've got anybody that you could want honestly what about what about bryce dallas howard as gwen stacy in spider-man 3 remember that no i don't okay didn't... Oh, I, th- I think paul giamatti's coming back as rhino <laughs> There, there you go. From Amazing from, Spider-Man, from the post-credits of Amazing Spider-Man One, yes, and from the trailers, yes. Um, Jumanji actor Kevin Hart reportedly in talks to play Roland in the live-action Borderlands movie. Okay. No. The surprising news that none other than Kate Blanchett uh, has signed on to play Lilith in the in Cabin Fever director Eli Roth's adaptation. I didn't realize Eli Roth was doing this movie. Oh no! It just gets better. Um, adaptation of Gearbox's uh, and 2K's Borderlands game uh, was confirmed earlier this year, and now we have word on another potential cast member. According to the Illuminati, Jumanji star <laughs> Kevin Hart is in negotiations to take on the role of Roland in the movie. 
This take on the character is described as, quote, a decent man and grizzled veteran, as well as a former member of the Crimson Lance who now operates as a soldier. Yeah, that sounds like Kevin Hart. Decent man, grizzled veteran. I mean, maybe Kevin Hart doesn't have to be silly. You know, I feel like, why do you hire Kevin Hart if not to be Kevin Hart? You know, there's always a point in a comedic actor's career when they they try to do the non-comedic thing and either it works or it doesn't. You're right. I mean, it worked very well for, you know, actors like Robin Williams, right? True. Uh, Jim Carrey. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, others. I can't think of anybody else right now, but um, it could work. I, I guess I, I really don't see it, though. I really don't. I also don't like Kevin Hart, so there's that. Yeah, he is unbearable, and I really like Borderlands, so this is a little disappointing to me. Hopefully, this is not. Hopefully, the Illuminati is wrong. And aren't Lilith and Roland in a relationship? Yes, they're a couple. Okay, Blanchett and. Kevin Hart. I don't believe that for a second. I, in what world? In a world. In what world? Is that that's all that's the one I end with. I don't know. In what world? Um Justice League director Zack Snyder reveals when the Snyder Cut premieres on HBO Max. Work continues on Zack Snyder's Justice League. No, it was done. That's a lie. This article's bogus. There was a continu- it was a complete film. <laughs> and while HBO Max has yet to reveal the official premiere date, it appears Snyder himself has decided to take matters into his own hands. Exclamation point. <gasps> um, once again, answering fan questions on Vero. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is he also on, uh, was it Parlor? Is he on Parlor too? The filmmaker no. confirms that the Snyder Cut will hit the streaming services service next March. We've known for a while that would debut early in 2021, but a March premiere means it hits HBO Max the same month as Tom and Jerry's and the Tom and Jerry and the Many Saints of Newark, the Sopranos prequel. Oh boy! I think now we know it's March 25th. We do, as of very recently. I'm sorry, um, it's not on your birthday, Dylan. I know you. Were I know. I was really excited about it. When's your birthday? March 12th, which is a Friday. So I was like, oh, maybe, maybe, you know, but right. Not happening. Dang. Maybe we can get a pre-screening a week early or something like that. Maybe. Um, but we're going to the theater to watch it, right, Michael? One, so the four-hour four cut? If that is an option, I am 100% down for that. You know they're not going to do that, at least not with the first week. They're going to wait till it's all out. So, but, but, okay, so but by the time the first episode is out, we should know about something coming out in a month, right? If they're going to do a showing, we would have to know about that. I would think so. So if, if episode one comes out and then they announce this, I'm not going to watch it. Or should I, should I watch it both just to really, really properly hate it? I think you should, you have to watch it both just to. So I can have an informed opinion. And exactly. Yeah. Boy, I'm, I'm excited. I can't, I can't believe that this is the world we're living in. That we're going to get the Zack Snyder Justice League thing. I mean, it will demand multiple viewings anyway, you know? Well, yeah. It's to gonna fully demand, comprehend it. It's going to demand much of your intellect to, to really wrap <laughs> your head around the heavy-handed metaphors and drop shots. Ooh, I hope there's some new drop shots in this. That's going to be great. Um, I like a good heavy-handed metaphor. Like I said, it's going to be like Black Christmas, but, but Batman's 50 the times the budget. Yeah. Uh man, I really can't wait till we get closer to this thing coming out and we can 
we get more news about it and oh boy yeah um spider-man news marvel studios and sony pictures reportedly extend the deal to keep the wall crawler in the mcu not surprising anybody the Diz Insider hosts Skylar Schuler and Derek Cornell are claiming that Marvel Studios have, quote, extended the Spider-Man deal with Sony Pictures. That is to be that, that is said to be because the iconic superhero is set to play a, quote, pivotal role in the MCU moving forward, though they didn't elaborate on what that might be. It feels like Marvel Studios has a big plan for the multiverse, though. So assuming Tom Holland's Peter Parker really is heading into the Spider-Verse, then it could all tie into some sort of major event in the not too distant future. Um, This is not surprising. I mean, this is definitely good for both parties. However, I can see, I could see a timeline where Sony is like, no, Spider-Man is big enough. enough, We'll take him back now. Well, that almost happened. Remember? And then, yeah, they managed to, you know, reach an agreement that Sony took him back for maybe a month or so. Right. Everyone, everyone freaked out, but I was like, they're going to, we, we knew they were going to come to an agreement. Remember when know? Kevin Feige said goodbye to Tom Holland on the stage or whatever. <laughs> or and then something. Tom Holland like groveled a little bit. He like called him up and he's like, I want to be, I want to be Spider-Man. Oh my God. <laughs> but, um, no, I get it. I, I think it's clear. This is all news. That's like been confirmed by Kevin Feige, you know, the whole Spider-Man playing a part in the multiverse thing. Uh-huh. So it's not like I wouldn't call it like a scoop, but uh, no. it would be interesting to see him play more of a pivotal role because although he's been in lots of stuff, he's just kind of you could take him out and the movie would be no different, you know, like Civil War and all the Avengers movies, you know. Right. It's cool to have him, but right, he's he's not a decoration. Good. Um, right. So to see him play like an actual pivotal role would be pretty interesting. We'll see. Yeah. Um, exhibitors considering slashing ticket prices for titles like Wonder Woman 1984. Um, the Hollywood Reporter has a fascinating piece on uh, the impacted, I'm sorry, the impact Warner Media's decision to have uh, each of their movies debut on HBO Max same day as theaters. Needless to say, this has sent shockwaves through through Hollywood, and exhibitors like AMC and Cinemark are plotting revenge. Um, this may sound dramatic, but insiders tell the trade that they could be among the chains considering cutting the prices of individual tickets to as low as three or five dollars for Warner Brothers movies. They're also looking to keep anywhere from 75 to 80 percent of the revenue. That means on a title like Wonder Woman, uh, they would make a Warner Brothers would make absolutely nothing. The studio is unlikely to take that line down, and it's possible it will just encourage Warner Media to go all in on HBO Max. Ultimately, though, this could prove to be a lose-lose situation. It's really weird. Like, I, I saw one of the things that was like, we're not even going to carry it. Like, okay, you're not going to carry Wonder Woman, the Matrix. Get out of here. I don't know. It's everything so up in the air. You're probably right. Like, they have to. You they know? have to. It's like. But I, I think that's a good play if you want to eat into Warner Brothers profits. And, you know, we we already know they make their movies off their money off of concessions and stuff, you know. Right. So if you're getting, if you're technically playing it and you're getting people in, but it's a five dollar ticket and Warner Brothers makes a dollar, you know, right? Um, it's an interesting play. I, I don't know. I don't know how that would work out for them because they're already pretty desperate. You know, do you want to eat into the profits of the few blockbusters that you're being given? Yeah, yeah. I really. They're I, like holding on for dear life. So I understand the the big the big play, but yeah. 
it's it's i feel like that's the ultimate like i'm to make a poker analogy like my chips are down i am almost out of this game but i am gonna i'm gonna bluff my way to get my stack back you know i'm they're they're fighting real hard to stay open so it is such a different story now though than six months ago when Trolls couldn't go on demand 17 days after it was in theaters, you know, uh, or something uh, like that. We're in a Universal movies. Yeah. yeah. But like they like legit AMC, like fully said, we're not showing your movies anymore, but they haven't done that right. with Warner brothers. I don't know if they're showing wonder woman. Cause I, I had a hard time finding wonder woman screenings when we were trying to book our private theater for it. Only oh. Cinemark had it. I couldn't find it at Regal or AMC. So I'm not sure if it's showing locally here, but, hmm. um, Okay. But yeah. Interesting. Um, Peacemaker adds Chukwudi Iwuji, uh, Annie Chang, Lachlan Monroe, and more in in the series as regular roles. Um, James Gunn's Peacemaker is scheduled to begin production early next year, and four more supporting players have now been added to the cast of the Suicide Squad spinoff. Chukwudi Iwuji, Iwuji? Uh, when uh, from when they see us is on board as a series regular with Lachlan Monroe from Riverdale and Annie Chang uh, from Shades of Blue and Christopher Hayerati from to- from Togo are set as recurring guest stars characters names have been revealed but from what we can tell none of these are none of these characters are established DC Comics heroes or villains Wuji is playing Clemson Mern uh, Monroe is playing Larry Fit- Fitzgibbon Chang is playing Detective Sophie Song, and Hayardashi will be playing Captain Locke. I mean, it sounds like this we're could getting, be code names. Um, I bet it is. Um, I do, don't know of what. I don't read enough Suicide Squad to speculate on that, but um, I think I wouldn't be surprised if those were code names. Can you put big names in a Peacemaker show though, like without showing him up? Ooh. You know, like he, how how big of a hero can you feature? And Peacemaker. You know what I mean? That is that is true. Um, yeah, I think... Yeah, maybe you're right. We'll see. Uh, I mean, we're going to watch the show probably because it's supposed to be pretty wild. I'll definitely watch it. I like John Cena. I like James Gunn's work. Um, <laughs> I never thought I'd look at for you say you like John Cena. I like his acting. I like the movies he's been in. You like Blockers, right? That's your favorite? I like Blockers. I like Trainwreck. Um, Bumblebee. Wait, I didn't see that one where he's like a yeah Bumblebee. He was nothing in that. No, he wasn't in Bumblebee. I thought I think he's a pretty good comedic actor. I mean, not so, like I, come well, on, he's not like SNL. He's not gonna be on SNL, but like he's. I bet I bet he'd be one of goofy. those guys that shows up on SNL and is actually knock knocks it out of the park as like a as a guest, not as a. Oh, he's got. A, I, he's been on, and he's he's funny. I like him. Um. Game of Thrones spinoff, House of the Dragon, premiere date confirmed in new HBO Max promo. <sighs> HBO Max really going all in with this stuff here. HBO Max <laughs> debuted a new preview promo for the HBO Max streaming service last night. In addition to spotlighting some footage, it all seemed to be from the theatrical cut of Zack Snyder's Justice League. It confirmed <laughs> that the House of the Dragon is set for a 2022 premiere. We also got an updated logo for Game of the Throne for the Game of Thrones spinoff. Uh, but the shot of the dragon breathing fire appears to be appears to be from the original uh series um well yeah because this thing doesn't come out till a long time from now um i don't know game of thrones is over guys 
Like, I mean, I'm not going to now watch it. Uh, or I'll try it. If it sucks, I'm not going to keep going with it. I don't, I don't have time for a bad TV. It's true. That's, better things that's a do. lie for you. But dragons, Michael. You love bad TV. I like bad TV that I enjoy. It's different. Oh, Game I of Thrones, I feel like if it's bad, is uh, pretty joyless. You know what I mean? Sure. And like... Uh, it's trying so hard to be good. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of bad TV I don't like. But if it's like trashy bad, then I would like it. But I don't think it's going to be like what I would want. We'll see. I think it's just going to bank on dragons and be like, we got dragons, dragons, guys. <laughs> like, I mean, they got that budget. I mean, TV effects and budgets have gotten crazy. Like, just not when I know we're not reviewing Mandalorian, but that first episode with the Kray Dragon, I'm like, man, they got money. You know, this show is yeah. good. Speaking of that, I, I tried His Dark Materials, that HBO show. Uh-huh. I think it's like Golden Compass. I tried that this week, and it looked so expensive. Like, Really? The budget is insane. I didn't like it. I was bored, but um, wow. they spent a lot of money on that. It looked really good. Okay. Wow. Um, it's going to be like that. Yeah. De- oh, definitely. It, it's it's got to look top tier. It has to. Um. Avengers in-game director to helm the Electric State adaptation starring Millie Bobby Brown. Joe and Anthony Russo are set to direct a big screen adaptation of Simon Stallenhog's graphic novel, The Electric State, uh, which is from the the prequel to um, uh, things. I'm losing my mind here. Tales from the Loop. Um, I didn't know that. Yes, I have that book. It's very good. It's the, it's the one that's in America. The one set in America. It's not a prequel. It's just, it might, yeah, it might be a prequel. I, I, I get, I get the order of those books mixed up. Um, anyway, starring starring Millie Bobby Brown, um, is set in an, in an alternative future and focuses on a teenage girl who realizes that a strange robot who comes to comes to her has actually been sent by her missing brother. "Quote: She and the robot set out to find the brother in an imaginative world where humans mixing uh, with all manner of robots and uncovering a grand conspiracy in the process." Yeah, it's it's one of those. Um, Really, have you ever seen what the not the role playing games, but the books that he does look like, Dylan? No, they look like coffee table books. Like they're really big. Uh, oh yeah, I have seen that. I saw that on. I saw pictures of them anyway. Yeah, I've not got them. Person, they're great. Uh, they're beautiful. They're graphic novels. I thought they were just like art books, kind of. They're art books, but there's text along. There's like prose along with it. Okay. I mean, it's more art book than novel, but if you took it all out, it's probably be like. You know, 30 or 40 pages of a novel. This premise sounds similar to the episode where the girl's brother was put into a robot. Right? Oh, Wasn't that one of them? Yes. All the well, all of those books, uh, Tales from the Loop, Things from the Flood, and Electric State, they're all about robots. I know, but just the premise of like the girl and the brother, the missing oh. brother. Because remember, he went missing, the brother. Right. Where they swapped bodies, the and then one of them, well, yeah, yeah, and then he was the robot. It just sounds a little bit similar to that, but I don't think yeah. it's her point of view, right? It's not that story. It's a different one. No, this is. I, I assume this is adapting Electric State. I've actually never read it. I've just flipped through it and looked at the pictures. Uh, okay, but I do want to read it. Um, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige shares the surprising new Moon Knight and She-Hulk details. In a recent interview with Emmy Magazine, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige. Share some new details on the on both of the Disney Plus TV shows. In the case of Moon Knight, the executive describes Spectre as a 
action hero who jumps out of buildings and gets into fights. Sounds pretty standard, right? Well, he went on to note that uh, as well as exploring the ancient Egyptian iconography, Moon Knight will follow the character, a former Marine, in his issue with dissociative identity disorder. In fact, his mental illness is a unique aspect of the series. Uh, that will probably That's probably what intrigued Oscar Isaac as well. Um, as for She-Hulk, uh, Feige dropped the bombshell that it's going to be a half-hour legal comedy, um, as that's a genre Marvel Studios has, quote, never done before. Apparently, uh, John Byrne's comic book run has served as the main inspiration for the series, so looking to those comics for clues might be smart. So we're going to get a She-Hulk Ally McBeal. <laughs> I'm okay with that. To, to make a very data reference, but um, I'm I'm in for that. I mean... Everyone, I feel like people blow these out of proportion a little bit, these headlines, because every time Marvel says something is a genre, it's really like, it's Marvel genre, but it has like a little hint of something else. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's still a Marvel movie. It's like, Ant-Man's a heist movie. Like, it is, but it's still very much a Marvel movie. Yeah. With heist, and, you know, frosting on top. Yeah. And like, Winter Soldier is a political thriller. It's like, it's... No, it's not. It's a, a superhero movie, movie right. but it has like shades of that you know so i think this will have like some court scenes and it'll have some humor like all marvel does uh-huh. pretty much i think that's what he means is it's gonna lean into that a little bit but i don't think people are gonna be like oh it's like a you know it's gonna be like you know like you said alan McBeal or something like that it's like i don't think it's going to there's gonna be action and adventure and stuff like that too yeah i, I don't think do- like, i don't think we need to freak out that's all i'm saying I'm, i mean but if we got that i would also be okay with it honestly yeah, that'd be interesting. I like big swings, and I think we'll know more when WandaVision comes out, when we Absolutely. see if it's really as weird as it looks, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, her, what's her code name now? Big Red? Big Red. We got <laughs> we got in the Funko Pops, and the boxes said, like, sometimes Funko uses code names because they, they produced them well before the shows come out, and they can't, they don't want to reveal it to everyone. So the boxes just said, like, Big Red, Pop 1, Big Red, Pop 2, and so on. And That's I was just so looking funny. at them I'm like, what is Big Red? Like, And then I opened the box and it was WandaVision. WandaVision. So I was like, that makes sense. But that's the that's our new name for WandaVision. Yeah. No, no, no. For, also, this next, this this next headline is a spoiler. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Spoilers for The Mandalorian. Uh, if Season you, finale. Everyone is guarding these spoilers so carefully. I know. Uh, I mean, I know all of them because I work in a comic book store and you can't avoid them. Um but, so do you know everything that happened in the finale of? Well, I know, uh, I know the, I know the big story beats. You okay, know, I know the big, the big cameos and stuff. Yes. Um, oh. I I know, but you know, whatever. I I really didn't care about the cameos or about the the spoilers for this season. Oh, you won't, you won't care. It's not, whatever. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But skip um, ahead three minutes if you care. Um, the book of Boba Fett confirmed as a spinoff for the of the Mandalorian. Well, I mean, duh. Uh, the Mandalorian <laughs> creator and producer John Favreau appeared on Good Morning America today to share, share some official details on the book of Boba Fett. There's been a lot of speculation that the new Disney Plus show was being developed in place of uh, in place of a third season of The Mandalorian, but the Iron Man director confirmed that the series is a completely separate spinoff. Quote, We didn't want to spoil the surprise during the big Kathleen Kennedy announcement of all the shows during Investor Day earlier this month, so they let me keep this one a secret. Favreau said. So there's actually so this is actually separate from the Mandalorian season three, 
But what we didn't say in the announcement is that the next show coming up, what Kathy called the next chapter, is going to be the book of Boba Fett. And then we go into production right after that on Mandalorian, back with the main character uh, that we all know and love pretty soon following that. Okay. This was poorly done in the show because the show ended. It kind of wrapped up. Um, You're talking about Mando, Mando season two? Yeah. Try not to spoil too much. It kind of wrapped up some of Mandalorian's story, uh, Din Jarin or whatever. Yeah. And then it ended and it said, like, next, Book of Boba Fett. And they're, the episodes are called chapters, you know? Right. So I think the logical uh, assumption is that now it would be about Boba Fett, the Mandalorian. Oh, but I, I mean, think it was, yeah. it was poorly handled the way they announced it because it wasn't like. And it kind of is taking the place because Mandalorian is going to come out in a couple years now. And Boba Fett's going to come out next year where Mandalorian would come out. It's definitely taking its place so, on the schedule. Yeah. So it has a different title, but it is taking its place. Just interesting. I don't know, but um, this could this was a I think this was a fumble on their part because it was not clear whether this was a new show or taking over the Mandalorian. I kind of like the idea of Mandalorian resetting with new characters every couple seasons. You know? Yeah. No, I think that that's actually nothing. I want to see Boba Fett, but me neither. But like, um, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I really <laughs> just have never liked Boba Fett at all. I don't care about this at all. Um, but I'm I'm sure the show will be at least baseline decent. Um, right. It'll be. I'm glad. Mandalorian I'm, is. Yeah, I'm happy about this because I like the character of, you know, of Din Djarin or whatever whatever his name is more than Boba Fett. So I'm glad they're not erasing. They're not like done with that. You know, they're going to revisit. No, that's that is. Then we'd be done with Baby Yoda too with uh, Grogu. Grogu. Um. Yeah. So. Anyway, let's talk about Dune. We are here to initially on our schedule this this week. We we, we would have been reviewing Denny Villeneuve's sure to be amazing uh, remake or what uh, readaptation of Frank Herbert's right. Dune, uh, the novel that came out in the sixties. I couldn't tell you when because uh, nineteen sixty five. Um, so a pretty old book that has aged quite well i feel like um agreed because dylan you recently read dune the first one yeah over the pandemic right um i got into dune so it didn't seem like an old dated book to me that was kind of what helped me back from it a little bit you know Uh uh-huh because i think i think a lot of times like the themes are dated too and then it's hard to connect to but not with dune it's timeless i would say there's a there's a couple of things in the book that kind of are kind of outdated like how they make um baron Harko- uh, spoilers for dune if you i mean why are you listening to this point if you care about Dune spoilers um but like uh i think one of the big differences between the novel and this movie aside from well quality is um baron harkonnen in the novel they give him like pedophile energy mm-hmm um, because of the old antiquated thing, because because but always towards boys, to, because of that old like fifties thing, like homophobia and pedophilia sort of like ro- roll together, you know. That's um, true. Yeah. So like they got rid of that gross characterization and they just made him weird in this movie. I don't know. No, I thought there were shades of that in this one. Not as much. I read into it. 
Yeah. Not as much. I mean, there there are little things like the what were they like film watches or something? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like some of the technology, like there's film in the watches. You know, oh my gosh. like he he did his best right at the time. You know. So this movie was written and directed by David Lynch, um, which I believe is his second film after The Elephant Man. Um, Dylan, have you seen The Elephant Man? No. Okay, it's I very know all good. about it, but I haven't okay. seen it. It's very good. Um, but anyway, you've seen other David Lynch stuff. Seems too sad. Okay, it's just oh, I'm sorry. It's his third movie. His first movie is A Razorhead. Um, but that's that was independent. Um, so this is the only movie. Well, yeah, well, he wrote and directed every other movie he's made. Um, all of them, except for one that came out in '99 called The Straight Story, which I've never even heard of. Um, but anyway. So this this movie has a very storied um, history. So Dylan, you've never seen this before, right? No, that was my first time. Okay, so I also I've I've seen it once before, and I don't like it. Uh, I'll be completely honest; I really don't like this movie at all. I think I like David Lynch, I like Kyle MacLachlan, um, I like Brad Dourif. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any. I like Virginia Madsen, but she's barely in this. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which is Princess Urilon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my, I like Max von Sydow. Um, Patrick Stewart. Oh my God, that mullet is insane! Like you, yeah. can, like it's it is the most powerful horseshoe balding pattern mullet I've seen in my whole life. It's <laughs> that's it's, it was a look. It it was a whole vibe. Um, but anyway, so this movie. Um, they started att- attempting to adapt Dune in 1971. Um, and there's a lengthy development process throughout the 70s. Um, Ridley Scott was at one point attached, um, but he bailed to go do Blade Runner, which was the better choice. Um, Good decision. Yeah. Uh, and Alejandro Jodorowsky uh, was famously most attached to this before David Lynch was. And there's an even, there's even a documentary uh, about that, uh, which is a very interesting documentary. Um, but anyway, um, have you ever seen that documentary, Dylan, called Jodorowsky's Dune? Mm-mm. That's very interesting. Um, that movie was supposed to be wild. He had never read the book. Um, he was casting like Orson Welles and Salvador Dali and all these people. Um, so it was an interesting idea. But anyway, um, this movie came out and it was a box office bomb. Um, what is... Oh, there's a siren in the background. Um, <laughs> so this has a... It's, again, Rotten Tomatoes is kind of tough for movies of this age. There's only 51 reviews of it. You know? Right. It's, it's got... It's, it also has a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, top critics of 36%, but there's only 11 of those ratings, so that's kind of skewing a little bit. But average score for all critics is 5.9, um, 3.9 for top critics. It has an audience score of 66%, which is pretty low as audience ratings go. Um, mm-hmm. But I I think this movie is pretty bad. And unless you have a great love or like a nostalgia of this movie that's it almost unwatchable. I feel like. 
Yeah, it's I, I would agree. It's um it's just so like bland and um boring, you know what I mean? Which is right. it's I feel like it's almost hard to make this story boring. But it's just so like and then this happened. Dylan, is the and then is the entire yeah. Houston emergency services outside your apartment? Um I am on fire. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, I apologize. Um, uh, that's impossible to edit out. But uh, here we yeah, are. Yeah, that's ambiance. Yeah, it makes you feel like you're in the room with us, you know? Um, yeah. So the movie was originally, I believe, like three hours long. David Lynch's original cut. Oh, um, no. And so over three hours. I think it was three and a half. Um, Too much. Well, yeah, of course. But he was trying to get all the book content in there. Because he also turned it into four episodes for HBO Max. Oh, my God. So David Lynch also took this job. He had he had never read the book previously and doesn't like science fiction. Um, oh. <laughs> which is kind of interesting. But anyway, um, so he he turns in his cut of this movie and they're like, this can't be this long. This is ridiculous. Um, so they they want they they talk about revisions with david lynch and he didn't he did not want to allow any edits um and they then did not allow him to edit the movie any further uh and took the movie out of his hands and that's why he had his name removed from some versions of the movie um and replaced with uh, alan smithy which is a placeholder name that is commonly used in uh, hollywood when people don't want to be associated with the project and this movie was famous for being um, to have the most Alan Smithies uh, in the credits. Um, they did. They've recut this movie a bunch of times. Um, it, it was a recut for TV into two parts with some extra footage that wasn't in the thing. And that was a hundred in the theatrical. But the big thing that changed, so they, so they cut out a bunch of story stuff in uh, in in the edit without David Lynch, and they added in all those um, voiceovers. Um, oh, so okay. David Lynch, that was not a style choice from David Lynch. Um, and and I will put over David Lynch. I think he really is a genius. Um, not all of his stuff is good, but he is really just, he's a real. The voiceovers artist. were terrible. The voiceovers are, the voiceovers are what ruined the movie. I mean, the movie's bad, but, but the voiceovers just kill me they just tell you what you already know you like, know this is acting, like the equivalent right? of those yellow boxes on like silver and golden age comics you know right no like, exactly. cyclops is angry it would just be like someone would they would just be talking normally and then it would just show someone's face and it would be like i wonder does he know doing. yeah right. yeah like, or something like that and you're like, all like, right well we <laughs> you're writing you're writing out this inner dialogue and there's a ton of it um it's mm-hmm. like that in that Blade Runner cut. I don't remember if you've seen, I don't remember which cut of the original Blade Runner you've seen, but I believe it's the theatrical cut that has um, voiceover narration for Harrison Ford only. Um, and it's so bad and distracting. It's like, uh, you know, he's sitting in his office and someone will walk in and goes, he walked in smelling a sweat. You know, I didn't trust him or, you know, whatever. It's the same sort of deal, but it was only for one character. This is for all the characters. If they have internal right. dialogue, you're hearing it. Um, and that, to me, is this movie's biggest flaw. Um, there's, there, I mean, there's many other flaws, of course. Um, you can't hold the effects against it. I think the effects are actually pretty good for 84. You know, I think... Agreed. I think 
Baron Hakonan flying looks good. I mean, as good as it can. It looks it's campy and ridiculous, but I think the effect looks good. The sandworm looks amazing. Um, yeah, I think that's good. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of other good things about this movie. Uh, there's not a lot. So, Dylan, tell me, tell me, what do you think about this 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 picture? Um, this picture. Yeah. Um, I'm 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 an old. I don't know. I don't. Tell me about this picture. This picture, this 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 talkie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I didn't really know what to expect going in because I had only read the book and seen the trailer, and I kind of had the characters in my mind that are like the new actors, you know? Right. Because I saw the trailer, but now this was like remapping my brain. But um, I was honestly expecting worse. Um, sure. This seemed very elaborate, and like a lot of work went into it. Like there's. There, I would add to the good things you said and say that the, um, like the sets are really nice. Like there's yeah. tons of like elaborate set pieces, and um, the costuming is pretty good. You know? Yeah, I agree. Like I think it looks like some real money was put into it. I was expecting this to be more of like a B level sci-fi movie. You know? Right. But it seems like it was like intended to be like a big the budget. next big thing. You know? Yeah. But it clearly wasn't because I think just watching it, the thing number one, I was like I said, it was it was so bland. I was really bored. Everyone's like whispering, you know. No. And it's just like, and then I went to the sand to do the. It's like that's the tone of everything that's happening in the movie. There's a few exciting moments, but it's just like, I wonder what she's thinking when she goes to the table to do the. It's like just almost ASMR level calm throughout. And I was like, I almost wanted to nod off a little bit, even though I knew, maybe it's because I knew everything that was happening. But the thing that kept popping up for me was that I cannot imagine watching this movie without having read the book and trying to follow what's happening. Because things happen so quickly that there's there's no way you could follow this. Like, there's no way you could follow it. Like, even in the first 10 minutes, they don't explain to Benny Gesserit at all. No, they're just these weird ladies who are bald. Nothing is explained. No. And they're like, he won't be the one when, like talking about Paul. I'm like, well, what is that? You know, like I would I would be very angry watching this if I hadn't read the book. I, I love the um when Paul's got his hand in the box and the voiceover narration is the pain. I'm like, oh my god, this is so like he's literally acting. I you had to know he was in pain. I can see him. Kyle McLaughlin is not a bad actor, but okay. So Roger Ebert gave Dune one star out of four and said, quote, this movie is a real mess, an incomprehensible, ugly, unstructured, pointless excursion into the murkier realms of one of the more confusing screenplays of all time. The movie's plot will no doubt mean more to people who have read Herbert's work than to those who are walking in cold. Um, And he later named it the worst movie of the year, um gene siskel said it's physically ugly it contains at least a dozen gory gross-out scenes and some special effects are cheap surprisingly cheap because the film costs reportedly 40 to 45 million dollars and the story is confusing beyond belief in case i haven't made myself clear i hated watching this film (laughs) um yeah that's that's the level of confusion i would expect i wouldn't say it's ugly though it's ugly there's gross things in it but it's not 
repulsive to look at. I liked the gross. I think, I think like, I mean, I assume that I'll come, they're talking about like Baron Harkonnen and stuff. Some of that was too much. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, it was gross, but they're like, now he's going to squish this rat. And like, now he's going to open this guy's chest up and drink it. And now he's going to spit on this person. I'm like, okay, that's, they literally did the syringe and the face boils for like five minutes. It was so long. I killed. It's like, can we? Move? I get it. He's evil. Can we but, move but how on about, from this? How about Brad Dorif's eyebrows? Those are great. Those were, those were majestic. Those were full wig, um, full weaves on his um, face. So, and also at the same time that this, he, he got offers for this movie. So David Lynch did Elephant Man, and then he got produced to do. He got approached to do this or Return of the Jedi, and he opted for Doom. Oh, probably a good choice. I mean, I can't, but can you imagine what Return of the Jedi directed by David Lynch would have been like? That'd be pretty interesting. I, I think, honestly, it would have been pretty good. Like, this movie wasn't that lynchy in that it was, what I mean is it's not, like, uncomprehensibly weird. You know? Um. I mean, well, okay, you know. The script well, was. The script made it that way, yeah. Oh, sure. But, like. But not him. Right. I agree. Yeah, I mean, that that's just Dune. You know, Dune is just strange. Um, but I do adapt. I don't know. It is, I, but but I trust I trust Denis Villeneuve. I mean, I he's got a, he's got a good track record, and I don't. There's no way that movie's going to be bad. I say that, and then you know, it, watch it, it be terrible. I also said there's no way that Cyberpunk is bad, and I don't think Cyberpunk is bad, but I think like it's got a lot of problems. But um, they were weird. It was pretty faithful to the book. It was kind of. It sure was. Um, I mean, but there was some weird. Like I feel like, yeah. So um, I can tell I you, like Brandon, Lady Jessica was a bigger character in the book than. Oh well, yeah, she definitely was. Um, and I also feel like they didn't make it very clear that that's his mom. <laughs> like no, and they look the same age too. They do. Um, yeah, they don't make anything clear, but yet they have inner di- dialogue, which could be used for exposition, but is not. Right, it's used for thoughts. <laughs> I, I, I and I would have to assume that all that stuff, that a lot of explanation stuff, is what got cut from the Lynch cut, from you know uh, what he wanted to release. Um, but I remember Brandon, who used to work for us at the at the, uh, the Sugarland location, he watched dune not that long ago and had never read the book and he said it was very confusing but i can see how it's probably a really good book it's like it's like it's it's not good i had an okay time watching it but like i bet the book's awesome yeah you know well, that's good that he was able to see that you know right but you can see the foundation uh, of a of some world building at least yeah you know? um so when Virginia Madsen was interviewed in 2016, she was originally signed on to make three movies as she was told that they were going to make Star Wars for grownups. Um, <laughs> so that didn't happen. But yeah, the movie was shot entirely in Mexico as well with a budget of like between 40 and $45 million. And it had 80 sets built on 16 sound stages and a total crew of 1,700. Um, That's what but, I mean. There were a ton of elaborate sets. They, did, they spared no expense there. Yeah. I mean, is this movie streaming anywhere? Or did you uh, pick it up? HBO Max. Okay. 
Nice. Well, I mean, I already owned it, so I watched it on, you know, Voodoo. Um, but I, I can't say I would recommend anybody go watch this movie. No, I don't. It'll, the only thing it'll do is spoil the new one if you're going in blind. You oh, know? true. So, we'll, why do you want to do that to that. yourself? We'll talk about that um, closer to when the movie comes out. But would you recommend people? Re- do you think they should read the book first? It's hard to say without seeing the movie, but I think yes because there's. I can imagine there's going to be a lot that's just left unsaid in the movie because of you can't without amount of time, and right. you'll be able to fill in the gaps yourself. You won't. You won't get the surprises, but yeah, I would definitely read it first. I would say because the first Dune is very, very worth your time. Uh, the second mm-hmm. and e- everything past that, um, you can just skip. Um, if you if you really want to read more, you can just read the first six or five or however many Frank wrote. Um, but really, I really think they start getting bad after the first one. The first one is just is the anomaly. Um, yeah, that's the consensus. Did you read? I know you were going to read two, or did you read two? I have it. I haven't read it yet, though. Okay. You're gonna. I'm planning on. I have more time now. I'm planning on reading at least a couple more. Okay. I've read the first three, and then I stopped. Two, two was bad, but I was like, okay, maybe. Well, two was not bad. It was just too weird for me. And then I was like, okay, maybe they'll get back on track with the third one. Oh no, it's even stranger. Okay. But um, there's like tons of books in this universe, you know. Oh yeah. Well, and there's so- some that are written by not just random people, and that are apparently pretty good, you know. Oh. I, like I, oh this, sure. this person wrote this and it's and this one was actually good it's kind of like Star Wars books you know I'm sure that there are because I mean if you go by the timeline of all the books Frank's original novel is the twelfth in t- the timeline so there's eleven prequels that you can go and read you know I'm not gonna go back yeah no way no prequels um, mm-hmm. going forward I mean yeah just read the Frank books if you're gonna read if you're gonna read anything just read those I want to read about Baby Paul. But Mwadib. <laughs> they kept calling it Dune, and that kind of annoyed me too. Right? Arrakis. I'm like, yeah. I don't. I read the book recently. They didn't call it Dune that much, you know? No, they didn't. But I mean, they had to tell you the name of the movie, you know? I guess, but like, it seemed dumbed down a little bit. You know? I, I I also felt like the the part the part where uh, Paul and uh, Lady Jessica get accepted into the uh, the the Fremen or whatever, and they have to take the new name. Like I felt like it was way more important and less corny in the book. Like yeah, where Paul, where you know they, they he gets the name Wadib and she gets Sayadina or whatever. And I feel like in the movie it was like this is so cornball and lame. Um, yeah, they made a bigger deal about the prophecy. I think in the book, you know. Yeah. I th- and in yeah. the book, the princess, what's her name? Regina uh, Madsen. Oh, uh, Irulan? Irulan or something? She's given us history in between every chapter, you know? But right. in this, she's like, does the beginning of the movie and then she pieces out and that's it, pretty much, right? Right. Yes. I guess she, I think she does dialogue throughout, maybe? Yeah, she does some I don't of know, the I can't tell. She does some narration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so how about this, the romance that. in this movie? <laughs> yeah, I literally went to the kitchen and came back, and they're like, "And we're in love," 
I was like, what? what? And, and she hadn't even appeared yet um, as a character. <laughs> right. So clearly there was no uh, groundwork laid for that. No, it, it, there was the, the two-year time skip or whatever it was. It's like, oh, for two years we worked with the Fremen, blah, blah, blah. And we are in love now. Oh, I guess. But in the okay. book, like he's been dreaming about her for a long time. There you have this connection. You know, he says it in the in the narration in the in the movie. He's like, "From the dream, what dream?" Yeah, it's just swept over. Everything. That's what I mean. Everything swept over. I think they showed her for a second in the beginning in one of his dreams. I don't remember. She was like, "Teach, tell me about your home world or something." Oh, and then, but you're like, you can't make the connection because she looks so different. I don't know. It's man. The 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 foundation isn't there. Let's just no, say that. It, it's, it's, it's a better TV show. Oh, I would love to watch a Dune TV series. I think that would be really good, actually. Um, well, they're doing it. Dune Sisterhood. Oh, yeah. About the Bene Gesserit. But that's not coming mm-hmm. out for who knows when. Hey, Peacemaker's coming out with Suicide Squad now. Maybe Dune Sisterhood could come out with the Dune movie. We'll see. We will indeed see. Um, but I think that's going to do it for us this week. Talking about Dune. Um, next week. Um, I don't actually know what the what the what the schedule is. We got to figure it out. Uh, we might be doing Mandalorian. We might be doing something else. Uh, but stay tuned. There's nothing that you have to do any homework on to watch along with us. Uh, but as always, thank you all so much for downloading us. We really appreciate all of your support. Hi, this is Dylan, <laughs> and I'm Michael. We'll see you next time. <laughs>